Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 333. Three. team. They served up soup and bread, apples, cheese, and sausage, beer and ale and cool water from the pump out back. There was roasted mutton too, for those who wanted it, and fresh apple pie. Men and women smiled and relaxed, glad to be off their feet and sitting in the shade. The room was full of the gentle buzz of conversation as folk gossiped with neighbors they had known their whole lives. Familiar insults, soft and harmless as butter, were traded back and forth, and friends had comfortable arguments about whose turn it was to buy the beer. But under, but underneath it all, there was a tension in the room. A stranger would never have noticed it, but it was there, dark and silent as an undertow. No one spoke of taxes or armies or how they had begun to lock their doors at night. No one spoke of what had happened in the inn the night before. No one eyed the stretch of well-scrubbed wooden floor that didn't show a trace of blood. Instead, there were jokes and stories. A young wife kissed her husband, drawing whistles and hoots from the rest of the room. Old man Benton tried to lift up the hem of the widow Creel's skirt with his cane, cackling when she swatted him. A pair of little girls chased each other around the tables, shrieking and laughing while everyone watched and smiled, fond smiles. It helped a bit. It was all that you could do. The inn's door banged open. Old Cobb, Graham, and Jake trudged in out of the brilliant midday sunlight. Hello, coat, old Cobb called, looking around at the handful of people spread around the inn. You've got a bit of a crowd in here today. You missed the bigger part of it, Bast said. We were downright frantic for a while. Anything left for the stragglers? Graham asked as he sank onto his stool. Before he could reply, a bull-shouldered man clattered an empty plate onto the bar and set a fork down gently beside it. That, he said in a booming voice, was a damn fine pie. A thin woman with a pinched face stood next to him. Don't you cut, Elias, she said sharply. There's no call for that. Oh, honey, the big man said. Don't get yourself in a twit. Damn fine is a kind of apple, in it. He grinned around at the folks sitting at the bar. Sort of foreign apple from off in a tour. They named it after Baron Damfine, if I remember correct. Graham grinned back at him. I think I heard that. The woman glared at all of them. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. This is the kind of joke I would make. Uh, I definitely do this kind of riffing with my partner. Mm-hmm. So this this rings true. I still have a hard time keeping the the regulars apart. They all are sort of one mash in my brain. Yeah, it's funny because as you read it, your uh, your accents kind of move around. Yeah, because they're they're not distinct enough. Like old Cobb is the old one, but Graham and Jake, like who cares? Yeah, they no, they all. There's, they... there's an easy way to fix this. You just don't do an accent. <laughs> no, I just mean in terms of like reading the book and keeping them straight. There's not enough to distinguish the two of them yeah. from other characters. Yeah, I agree. There's not a lot of distinguishing traits, although I think that might be on purpose. Because they're almost like a chorus, you know, like they they appear at the edges of the story to comment on what's going on, kind of. I I agree. It would be helpful if they all had a descriptor like Old Cobb, you know, Grumpy Graham, you know, Jovial Jake. They don't necessarily need to be alliterative. That's just what happened. But I do think that above the the page break. We're getting like a nice sort of zoomed out, rosy cheeked view of what's of like how life happens in this little town and like what having this place to come means to the town. And also we're sort of taking the temperature of the population about 
the the murder that happened and how everyone is dealing with it or not dealing with it and you know it's it's kind of like a life goes on sort of approach yeah having never been near a place like so close to a place where murder happened uh i can't really speak to this but i feel like coming back and acting like nothing happened the very next day to the very spot of a brutal murder seems like that doesn't quite ring true to me but i suppose there's nowhere else to go in this town yeah, and it's not like there's a police, you know, presence here to coordinate off with yellow tape and a chalk outline. Yeah, maybe the opposite is happening and maybe they're kind of all trying to reclaim it. Like this is an unusual crowd. That's right? what I was uh that's what I was going to say. So maybe they're there to gawk at it or maybe it's really more of a like unspoken effort to move past it. Mm. I lean towards the latter. Certainly the conversation or the passage about like it was all you could do is just sort of like smile and continue on. That really rings true given the the current circumstances. It's also worth noting that it's not just the murder that is kind of creating this tension, right? They're also like not talking about how bad things are in the world right now, taxes and armies and all that bad stuff. Well, that's kind of what I mean. And that's why it rings true because, you know, one of the ways you get by in in these troubled times is you avoid talking about the, the greater evils going on in the world you just sort of focus on your own garden you tend your own garden as as is occasionally said and you do your best <laughs> to make that a, no no, no I mean, like, i'm 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 not doing a bit here like you tend your own garden you do your best to make your space a pleasant one you do little good in your own little corner of the world and that's how you you get by yeah totally i only laughed because you reminded me of where i'd last heard that phrase before don't leave us hanging, Jeremy. Yeah, we're... It's in community when when Troy doesn't have any trauma in the drama class, so he makes some up and then garners sympathy from everybody. Oh, good times. Uh, SNC in the chat also points out that it's harvest day, so everyone's on break. So that's another reason. But I mean, I do think it's odd to congregate at the place a brutal murder happened. I don't know if you talked about it yesterday, but beets are high in iron, which is probably why Bass doesn't care for them. Oh, we definitely did. I hadn't thought of that. I'm so glad that you said it. Also, Jeremy is wrong and doesn't like beets. Beets are an acquired taste. You know what? I uh, A few years ago, I would have agreed with Jeremy, but I have since come around. They're like a grown-up taste, I think. Not to, sorry, I mean, I know that's <laughs> they probably cast some aspersions on Jeremy, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, like, they are something that, you need to develop a taste for it. You need to like start eating. You need to like suck it up and start eating them. And eventually you come to appreciate them. I but... think I've always liked beets. Well, that's because you've always special. been like 80, Jordana. <laughs> I have not. Yeah. Although the first time, like I, the first time I remember eating beets, I was like, probably the first time I remember it, I was like probably eight. And I definitely thought I was like dying. Cause <laughs> you know, you eat beets and then, you pee oh, and then the, the poop comes out. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I was uh, like, "Oh my god, I'm bleeding from the inside. I'm go- clearly going to die." You see, Jeremy, that's another reason to get into beats. They're fun twice. <laughs> They're fun twice. Yeah, you guys are really pitching them well here. I just love to like shit blood. It's my favorite it's thing. <laughs> Jordana, did you did you ever get birthday beats? That doesn't. That sounds like the wrong kind of beat. No, this is a this is an ancient Toronto tradition. On the day of your birth, all your school oh, well, chums. I didn't explain it because yeah. I didn't grow up in Toronto. All your school Ontario, chums. Uh, 
all your school chums come with a, a number of beats for you appropriate to the number of years that you have been alive. And then they and then give you consume beats. those beats. Birthday beats. Well, when COVID is over, we'll make sure to remedy that for you. Yeah, we'll give you we'll give you like the cumulative birthday beats that you should have gotten for your your twenty eight years. On yeah, the it's trip. like the TFSA rules. You get uh, if you don't fill up your your you get to carry them over. If yeah, you, you carry them over up. to the next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we we tangented a little early there. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? The food is good on this page again. Yeah, as always, the simple food for some reason. Yeah, it really feels good. And the cool water. I just because I'm thirsty, but the cool water sounds good. The uh the descriptor soft and easy as butter. I like that one. Mm. Or harmless as butter, soft and harmless as butter. What was it? Soft and harmless as butter, yeah. yeah. Also though, butter can have some harmful effects. So I don't know if that's entirely true. Yeah, and like my mom always froze butter until we were ready to like take it out. So I think of butter as being like a hard chunk. Hmm. So when hefted at a at a at a high velocity, it could really do some damage. Actually, uh, good good murder weapon uh, is a frozen pound of butter. All right, duly noted. Yeah, uh, you, next time- you stave in the head of your foe, and then when the police come, you uh, fry them up uh, a nice round of pancakes. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's hungry work doing all of that investigating. Mm-hmm. All that detecting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes, before you write in, I am stealing that from Lamb to the Slaughter by Roald Dahl. Wow. Cool. Do we have a letter we want to read? Yes. Uh, It is a letter that is very close to my heart uh, for reasons that will soon become apparent. Uh, It's from James, and the subject is Jeremy is Wrong. (laughs) Hello, pagers. I write today to speak to Jeremy's position that the coincidences that Nick sees as hints and signs from the author, such as Master Lauren intervening every time Quoth is close to learning more about the Emir, are nothing but coincidence. While I agree that his position may very well apply to many other authors, it very much does not apply to Rothfuss, as explicitly stated by Rothfuss himself in an interview in Newsweek, uh, linked here, which we shall share if we remember. There, uh, quote, there are things in Name of the Wind you can't understand until you've read Wise Man's Fear. There's things in both of those books you won't be able to understand until you read Doors of Stone, Rothfuss said. That's the way I wrote them very deliberately, and it makes for a very long-lasting reading experience. If you read my books only once, you kind of miss most of them. And there are many other instances of him saying the same. And I think if you read them every day, one page at a time, you go completely insane and you start missing the forest for the trees. But uh, I'm always glad to have a listener come down on the side of Jeremy being wrong. Well, you know what? I'm prepared to take to eat some crow on that one. Uh, if Rothfuss says, I mean, Rothfuss isn't specifically talking about Lauren in the library there. And I don't think I've ever disputed that he like probably there's definitely stuff in here that he intends to only be pick upable after multiple readings. But I'm prepared to like to take the L on that one because James has inadvertently proved me right on a different point, which is that we must take the word of the author as the final word on what on what is true or not about their text. Good face, Jeremy. Good face. Yes, our listeners will be thrilled by the many faces that I make. Uh, yes. yes. If if you want to see our many faces, you can tune in on Sundays at one EST usually when we stream our recording sessions. You can sit in with us. You can sound off in the chat. You can drop some Fs when Jeremy takes the L, as he will continue to do. <laughs> uh, you can you can make those like custom Twitch channel emojis. Like you you can you can declare that we are poggers, whatever that is. Isn't poggers like 
now a like a like bad to say? I don't know, Never man. I don't know, it's man. Like the, the Poggers guy is like an MRA or something. I'm older than 15, so I don't even know what Poggers means. Yeah, better just not to dip your toe in it because like all Twitch personalities, he's now revealed to be like an anti-Semite or something. So <laughs> He got milkshake ducked? Yeah, well, I don't think he was ever a good... I don't think he ever like enjoyed a frosty milkshake. I think he was always a Twitch personality and therefore completely wretched. You're saying this as we are Twitch streaming right now. No, we no, are- we're just... Uh, we're on Twitch, but we're not of Twitch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Listeners, you can parse out that semantic distinction on tomorrow's page. <laughs> The wind.